Good? Woo, a little bright here, huh? Hey, my name is John, one of the pastors here. Uh, today is a special morning uh, since we are kicking off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. All right? Let's go. That's right. This is our fourth straight year doing this now. How crazy is that? So for those of you who are all new, you know, it's, uh, these 21 days of prayer and fasting has been a way for us to center our hearts to him more than anything else. So even before we jump into everything that God has called us into, he wants us to prioritize his presence. Okay, think of that phrase, prioritize his presence. So we use these 21 days to see Jesus as our one thing. We use these 21 days to see Jesus as our first love, to seek his face and to gaze upon his beauty. To see God as holy, 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 per se. And I believe that God will use these 21 days greatly for your lives and in our church. So in a lot of that, we provided these prayer journals for you. All right, thank you, Rachel, Aaron, and the team for making this. Here, I want to encourage you to take these, use, these, use the next 21 days by these, through this journal. You can take your sermon notes. Each day provides you with a simple prompt to help you pray and meditate on the text even more. Now, we also wrote practical ways on how to fast, or why fast, per se. So I encourage you to use this these next 21 days. And just remember, 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 fasting is feasting, okay? Just remember that phrase. Fasting is feasting. Now, Psalm 36, 8 says, God's people feast in the abundance of God's house. So you're not just fasting from something, you're fasting to something. Yo, so you fast so you can feast in the presence of God. And this was what we're after these 21 days. We want to feast. Now, we fast from social media so we can feast in God's word. We fast from eating so we can feast on the bread of life. Fasting is feasting. So in light of that, uh, this year's 21 days of prayer is called Holy Encounters. Holy Encounters. Think about how you encounter someone, and think about sometimes that encounter with someone, maybe your wife, change the rest of your life, all right? And so as you set your goals for the year, God's, God wants to take us to this theme that holy encounters lead to holy endeavors. You know, encounters with God lead to endeavors for God. You know, a purpose for God comes from the presence of God. And the question for us to consider as we begin this year is, is my purpose from God immersed by the presence of God? Does my ambition for God come from awe in God? So before we even consider what we might want to accomplish, who we want to become, we need to prioritize his presence, and we use these 21 days for that purpose. We need holy encounters for our holy endeavors. So we pray that these 21 days would fill you with a ton of holy encounters from God, and to affirm and strengthen your goals, your endeavors, your purposes of what you might do this year to glorify him. May these 21 days fill you with holy encounters. Holy encounters lead to holy endeavors. So, a lot of that, turn your Bibles to Ezekiel 1. That's right, Ezekiel 1. 
Ezekiel 1. The title of this sermon is called A Glorious Goal from a Glorious God. A Glorious Goal from a Glorious God. So, I'm turning 30 years old next month. Yo, turning 30. Now, yeah, whatever, man. Now, for those of you who may think, man, John, you're so young. I thought you were 40. No, you're young. I'll forgive you on that and say I love you. Thank you so much. Now, for those of you who think it's over, I'm getting older, it's near to your end, yo, I don't even want to talk to you, okay? Now, I'm going to talk to my young adults right here, all right? All right, I'm, I'm young, I'm young. Now, all jokes aside, you always have mixed feelings as you get older, am I right? Depending what age you, you are, when you're 21, I'm like, yes, I'm fine. When you're 18, 21, I'm finally legal. Yes, let's go. Then 30 or whatever, whatever. You always have mixed feelings as you get older. You know, think about the times when you turn 30, times you, when you turn a specific age, you're either happy, you either were neutral, or even depressed about it. You know, I remember someone who didn't want, even want to... Who didn't even want to celebrate the 30 years old. They just, they just wanted to stay home all day. We had to force this person to drag this person to, have, to celebrate their birthday. So mixed feelings has always been the sensor of our hearts every time we get older. But not for Ezekiel. See, at least it wasn't supposed to be this way for Ezekiel. Because read verse 1 with me. It says, in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as, as I was among the exiles by the Kibar Canal. Like, he's basically saying, by the time I was 30 years old, I'm in exile sitting by a ditch. That's how he spent his 30th birthday, no less. For Ezekiel, here's the thing. Turning 30 wasn't supposed to be this depressing. In fact, turning 30 was supposed to be a cause for celebration. Why? Well, because Ezekiel was a minister back home. He was working the temple back home. Meaning, by the time he turned 30, he was qualified to become a priest for Israel. This is like getting drafted to the NBA. I'm turning 18, I can go to the pros. No, this was Ezekiel's dream. This was his goal, becoming a priest, becoming, getting, getting closer to minister to the very true God. This was his calling, or at least he thought so. But rather, at 30 years old, in this first verse, we find him sitting by a ditch in exile, wondering what life could have been. And maybe some of you are feeling the same way this year. No, you didn't expect to be where you are today. In fact, you expected more. You had a picture of where your life could and should have been by this time and wonder what life could have been. You think about the years that you've lost and wonder what life could have been. You recall your unfortunate circumstances and wonder what life could have been. You talk about the little mistakes, the little things you said, the little things that you did that culminated to the year, that to the point where you got here today and wonder what life could have been. And a lot of that, Ezekiel said in verse 1 right here, it says that the heavens were opened and I saw the visions of God. 
in Ezekiel's confusion and despair, God showed up. When Ezekiel was wondering what life could have been, God showed up. Ezekiel had had a holy encounter. And what you'll see for the rest of our time now is how Ezekiel's holy encounter led to his holy endeavor. And God wants to show up to you in the same way this year. So let's spend some time now to see how Ezekiel encouraged and encountered God by reading the rest of these passages. Now, I want to warn you all, it's 28 verses. And I want to warn you all, for the type A's in this room... You're going to be tempted to read this passage and try to figure out every meaning behind each word, okay? And here's my advice. Don't do it. Don't do it. One, we don't even have time for that. And most importantly, that's not even the point of the passage. God now is inviting you to let these words speak for itself and be in awe of God. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? This is going to be great. All right? So this is how Ezekiel encountered God. Number one, Ezekiel encountered the angels of God. He encountered the angels of God. Starting in verse 2, it says, On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Joachim, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of Chaldeans by the Kibar Canal, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. And this is now an autobiography of Ezekiel's vision. As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness around it and a fire, forth, fire flashing forth continually and in the midst of the fire as it were gleaming metal. And from the midst of it came the likeness of the four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had a human likeness. Likeness. The word likeness along with the word like will be used here for over 15 times. 15 times. Why? Why? Why do you think? Because Ezekiel was about to describe something indescribable. So for all those who have pet thieves, when someone says the word like, be prepared. Get ready. So look at verse 5. It says, it says now, but each, verse 6, it says, but each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the, full, the soles of their feet were like the sole of calf's foot. And their feet sparkled like burning, bur, like burnished bronze. Meaning, every step these angels took were glorious. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had a human hands, and the four had wings on their four sides, and four had four wings to us. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went, and for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion, which represented the majesty of God on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side which showed the strength of God. And the four had the face of an eagle to show the eye of God who sees all things. Such were their faces, and their wings spread out above. Each creature had two wings, each of which touched the wing of another while their, 
while two covered their bodies. God was so glorious that these angels had to cover their bodies. Can you imagine seeing God without clothes and all you could do was cover your bodies? Jump to verse 12. It says now, and each angel went straight forward. Wherever the Spirit of God would go, they went. Without turning as they went, for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches moving to and fro among the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning, and the living creatures darted to and fro like the appearance of a flash of lightning. Fire. Fire represented a lot of things. These angels had a burning desire to do God's will. This fire represented God's wrath. This fire represented God's light to his people. So Ezekiel encountered the angels of God. Can you imagine seeing an angel in this way? Just, I can't even imagine. And now, the second way, Ezekiel encountered the providence of God. Another way to say the word providence is God's unfailing purpose for the universe. And Ezekiel saw a glimpse of that. And it says in verse 15, it says, Now as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on each beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. The wheel right here represented God's unfailing purposes for the universe. It was a symbol for the movement of God's purposes. God was basically saying, my plans are moving exactly how I want it to be. And verse 16 says, As for the appearance of the wheels and their construction, their appearance was like the gleaming of burial, like the color of the sea. And the four had appearance, and the four had, and the, four had the same likeness, their appearance and construction being, as it were, wheel within the wheel. Now, these next four verses... Every time you see the word went, every time you see the word went, okay, I want you to say it aloud with me. Sounds good? Every time you see the word went, say it aloud with me. So, when they went, they went in any of their four directions without turning as they and their rims were tall and awesome. And the rents of all four were full of eyes all around. And when the living creatures, the wheels beside them, and when the living creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went. And, and the wheels rose along with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When those went, these and when those stood, these stood, and when those rose from the earth, the wheels rose along with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. I want to show you now here the purpose of God moves in perfect harmony. God's plans are accomplished with ease. This is God in control. When I say this goes, this goes. When the angels went, this went. When everything in your life, this goes, this goes. It's working in perfect execution. Each event in your life, no matter how crazy and confusing it may be, it is always moving under the perfect harmony of God's plan. 
And this leads us now to the last encounter. Because these two things are simply introductions to what you're about to see, starting in verse 22. Over the heads of the living creatures, there was the likeness of an expanse, shining like awe-inspiring crystal, spread about their hands. And above the expanse, their wings were stretched out straight, one toward another. And each creature had two wings covering its body. And when they went, I heard the sound of their wings, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of the Almighty, a sound of a tumult, like the sound of an army. That's my favorite part of this. Imagine seeing a bird fly. Instead of hearing their wings flap, you hear the sound of an ocean. You hear the sound of an army. That, I mean, that's amazing. It says, when they stood still, they let down their wings, and there came a voice above the expanse over their heads. When they stood still, they let down their wings. And above the expanse over their heads, there was now the likeness of the throne. He encountered the throne of God in appearance like sapphire. And seated above the likeness of the throne was a likeness with a human appearance. And upward from that head appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. And downward from what he had the appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and there was brightness around him, like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So we have a picture here. If you were to picture what this looks like, this is almost what Ezekiel saw. You see that? I mean, that's crazy. Can you imagine seeing that in person? The storm around, the brightness of God, the angels covering their bodies, the wheels within movement, storm around. And then the other side, you see Ezekiel with a birthday cake, you know, trying to celebrate his birthday in exile for five years, thinking about, wondering what life might be. I'm confused. I'm cast down. What's going to happen? I've been here for five years, most likely depressed, most likely at a mental breakdown. Yet here I am, Ezekiel, here I am. Now what happens? God showed up. And what did he say in the last verse? He says, when I saw it, I fell on my face. And I heard the voice of one speaking. And here's the reality here, though. Back in the Old Testament, God's glory, God's presence was only, he only showed up in the temple. But now all of a sudden, when the people of Israel went into exile, this is now showing God went to exile with them. God goes to exile with you. God goes into the wilderness with you. And he is here to encounter you. He is here for you to encounter him. To give you something to clarify your confusion. And here's what God said to Ezekiel. Chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel. And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God. Son of man, 3-1. Eat this scroll and go speak. To the house of Israel. 
3.17, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear for a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning for me. See this. Instead of becoming a priest, God turned him into a prophet. Instead of becoming a priest, God turned him into a prophet. Instead of going after and being disappointed of a specific calling, God gave him a higher calling, more than he had ever imagined. Ladies and gentlemen, holy encounters lead to holy endeavors. A purpose for God is planted by the presence of God. God met with Ezekiel, and God planted a holy ambition in Ezekiel's heart. And this ambition came after being in awe. Like awe. And this is important for us to remember. Awe comes before ambition. All comes before ambition. Ambition for God comes from all in God. Because a lot of times right here, you don't always have an ambition problem. You have an awe problem. We live in a DMV. We like getting things done. We like to be busy. We like in all parts of us to be ambitious. This is a good thing. But a problem isn't your lack of ambition. The problem is your lack of awe. Some of you have been working hard, serving much, but you haven't been in awe of God these days. You haven't been in awe of God, which is the very thing that empowers your ambition for God. And you wonder why you feel burnt out. You haven't been in awe of God. How would your life look differently if awe was your ambition this year? What if all was your ambition every time you open his word and see his world? What if all was your ambition every time you go to work? What if all was your ambition every time you parent? What if all was your ambition every time you wake up in the morning? What if your main strategy is to fall on your face before God? What if our main strategy as a church to be a light of this world is to fall on our faces, to be on the one true God who is holy, holy, holy? All comes before ambition. Our ambition is to be in awe of the one true God. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and telling you, the enemy does not want you to be in awe. Oh, the enemy does not want you to be in awe. So, four months into dating my wife, Leah, now, uh, I don't think I told her I was going to share this. Uh, four months into dating my wife, Leah, now, I'm, I was supposed to celebrate her birthday with her along with her family. Now, this was a big deal. Four months in, she's celebrating with her future husband for the first time on her birthday and with her family. Now, do not make the stakes any higher. I was planning to propose the next month. But I still haven't asked blessing from her parents. Okay? So this was a big deal. This was a big deal. First time celebrating with a birthday, I almost had to set the tone. My gift that, that night will set the tone of my gift giving for the rest of my time with her. But at the same time, I had to look good to, to their parents. Like, Yo, a lot was on the line here to my, to my, in my mind. I still haven't asked for blessings, so I need to show that I can provide. 
in some sense. I want to come across charming. You know, I want to come across thoughtful, caring, and maybe, a little, a little, maybe even a little bit funny. So the search began. But here's the problem, though. I got two problems. One, I was saving up for a ring, so I was pretty broke, okay? I had to come up with a gift, budget-friendly gift for her that's going to blow her socks off, you know? The second problem, the second problem is I hate to give gifts. I'm sorry. Like, gift-giving is not my M.O. Yo, I'd rather give someone a gift card than figure out what they want. Like, here, just figure it out. That's the gift. Like, no, I don't feel love when someone gives me gifts. I still like gifts, don't get me wrong. But I don't express my love entirely by giving someone's gifts. So this was a problem, but I had no choice. Like, this was the cross that I had to carry. Like, this was the cross. No, I counted the cost. Now I must carry the cross. So the search began, and yo, it was hard. I mean, it was hard. As the days grew closer, I got nothing. As the hour and minutes drew closer, I still had nothing. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, I remembered, I remembered that she loves dogs. Okay, she loves dogs. I think that's from the spirit. Wow, yes, she loves dogs. She dreams of having one. All right, let's go for that. So I ran around, did some more hours of research, and I finally find her the perfect dress. So the, for the first night, for the first time celebrating her birthday, her future husband gave her, I bought her this. <laughs> like, it's uh, called Underwater Dogs. It's a picture of dogs <laughs> underwater. So I think it's cool, man. Like, you see that? Dog playing underwater with a ball. This is uh, Bella, right? Um, we got, we got Chloe and Remy. I think she'll really appreciate that. <laughs> Yo, no lie. I wasn't trying to prank her. I was serious. I was confident about this gift. This is from the Lord. Now, if that was enough, if that was enough, I got her the puppy version. All right? <laughs> I got her the puppy version. Okay. Now, I'm like, yo, she might propose to me that night. You know what I'm saying? She might propose to me that night. I was confident. I was confident. And so the night of her birthday came. And so the time to open her gifts. And I said to myself, I'm going to save mine for last. <laughs> yeah. Save the best for last. So she started opening her presents. And I was leaning back, relaxed. She got a sweater. She got a home decor. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. She got a Lululemon gift card. Now I got a little nervous about that. I'm not going to lie. All right. Sorry, sorry. And, as, and then now came her present. And she started laughing. Now, not in a happy way. Not in a happy way. No, no. She, started, she laughed confused. And the first words that she says, am I getting a dog? Am I getting a dog? Here's the thing. A reasonable person would have deciphered that question and, see, and realized, no, she's asking for more. She's looking for more. So I should have said, I should have said, yes, yeah, you're going to get a dog. But no, that's not what I said. I said, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> like, that's it. 
And her sister starting to laugh uncontrollably. And her mom, I can't, oh man, I'll never forget her mom. She was smiling. But when you know someone's smiling, but her eyes aren't smiling, like that's the la- that's smile. Like, you know what I'm saying? Underwhelmed. That was the summary of her reaction. Underwhelmed. And in the same way, in the same way, the enemy wants you to underwhelm you with the presence of God. The enemy wants you to see God's word like my wife saw this book and asked, is this it? Is there more to it than this? The enemy wants you to jump into your ambition without any sense of awe of the God who gave you the ambition. The enemy wants you to have ambition without awe. He wants you to have a holy endeavor without a holy encounter. Of course he doesn't want you to pray. Of course he doesn't want you to fast. Of course not. And he'll do anything to underwhelm you with the presence of God. And when we ask these 21 days, may it not be so. Oh, may it not be so. Help us, God. Increase our awe, Father. May we encounter you more and more and more. Help our broken hearts. No, I'm not saying is that you'll get Ezekiel-like visions for these 21 days. That's not what I'm saying. I, I mean, I got parents in the morning. Can you imagine? I see the Lord, and my wife calls me, and they're like, yo, change his diaper, please. You know what I'm saying? No. But see the kindness of God. Because Ezekiel saw the angels of God, but God made himself lower than the angels to come to you. Ezekiel saw the likeness of the glory of God, but when God came into this world in Jesus, he was the radiance and the exact imprint of God. Jesus lived in perfection, died by crucifixion, defeated death by resurrection, and by faith in him, we have salvation. And we can now say that Christ lives in me. By his spirit and through his word, we can encounter God every day. And we can be in awe every day, a little little bit of time, not perfectly but progressively, we can begin to increase our awe of God. Moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year. And God has given us the means of prayer and fasting to encounter him more and more. So I invite you all to join us these 21 days. And for those of you who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, he could be using this very moment for you to encounter him. God only asks that you come to him. Give your life to him. Believe in the love that he has shown. As we come close now, I don't want you to miss this detail. Before Ezekiel saw a vision, verse 2 says that the hand of the Lord was upon him there. The hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel. His hand was on Ezekiel to guide, to comfort, and to strengthen him as he encountered God. What a wonderful picture. And may the hand of God be on you these 21 days as you have holy encounters with him. May all be our ambition this year. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you so much. May you help us now, Lord, increase our awe for you. 
May you use now these 21 days greatly, Lord. Open now our eyes. Open now our hearts to see you. We thank you, Lord, that this is the type of God that we serve. And now, Lord, help us in these 21 days to increase our awe of you, Jesus. May holy encounters lead to holy endeavors for you. And all God's people say, amen. Let's all stand up now and sing.